Let me add my welcome. Uh, my name is Ashley and I serve here as one of the pastors in training. It's a, a privilege to get to be here speaking to you. Let me just pray before we start. Father in heaven, thank you for the rich uh, and bountiful truth that we have heard spoken tonight. Thank you of your word. Thank you for all that you have done through your son. Lord, um, speak to us today, we pray, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you are familiar with this book. It's called Peace at Last. Um, If you're not familiar, uh, it's about a bear who just cannot get a peaceful night's sleep. The book follows uh, Mr. Bear and his efforts uh, to find the peace of a good night's sleep. Um, Those of us uh, who have read it will remember that he tries different bedrooms in the house to no joy. There's snoring Mrs. Bear. Uh, There's baby bear playing with his toys. So he moves into the living room and then the kitchen, even into the garden, uh, and he eventually ends up in his car. And just when he thinks he's found peace at last, it's disturbed, either by a dripping tap, a noisy animal, or an alarm clock. He just can't get any peace. Uh, It's a A good story. It's a silly story in some ways, Um, and it's analogous to life as well. In in many ways, we are like Mr. Bear. We are in desperate need of peace, Um, not a peaceful night's sleep unless you're a a first-time mum or a second-time mum or a third-time mum. No, we're in need of a different kind of peace, uh, a peace in our souls. We need a peace on earth. And now we go around searching in different places to find peace. And just when we think we've found it, it's snatched away, either by the dripping tap of life's troubles or the alarm clock of pain and suffering that bursts into our lives. But the message of Christmas and the message that I'll be speaking on today is a message of good news that peace is possible. And it came and comes to an unlikely people in an unexpected way. Uh, Let me just set uh, some context for this most unusual event. Uh, We read it earlier from Luke chapter 2. Caesar Augustus, the ruler of the Roman Empire, he's finished his daily briefing, uh, and the new rules are in. Each person must return to their place of birth. People are like, what? Rather than a travel ban, this is travel upheaval. Men and women from across the Roman Empire, QR codes at the ready, will need to register at the hometown where they were born. And for your information, this will not be the last time that a political top-down decision causes frustration for the population at large. We all know something about that. Uh, It caused great frustration as well for this uh, couple from a northern town in Israel, Mary and Joseph. Joseph was heading to his hometown, Bethlehem, uh, where a heavily pregnant Mary would give birth to her firstborn son. And it's into this context that the message of peace came to an unlikely people. Because during this same time, there were shepherds living out in their fields, doing as shepherds do, uh, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And I'm curious, I wonder what you think of when you think of the 
person of a shepherd, when you think of the image of shepherds, uh, if you were with us this morning, you would have seen a number of very cute children with tea towels on their heads, running up and down the aisles. Um, you might be reminded of Christmas cards, where shepherds are portrayed as bright-eyed, bushy-bearded, uh, with a lamb typically under their arm. They are gentle, friendly-faced, and they make us think, ah, shepherds. But actually, if you go back to the first century, um, the understanding of a shepherd is quite different to that. They were on the bottom rung of the social ladder, uneducated, unskilled, typically poor, and mistrusted in so many ways. Um, actually, because of their employment as shepherds, um, they were unable to observe some of the Jewish laws, which meant that therefore they were deemed unclean by some of their contemporaries. Their testimony was deemed so unreliable that they were not allowed to give evidence in court. A little bit like today, if you've uh, ever been convicted of a criminal offense, you will not get called to jury duty. Your testimony is deemed unreliable. So these guys were religious and moral outcasts. And so the question is, why? Why on earth would God, the Lord of creation, why would he send a message to folks like these? Well, one reason is it shows that God's message is not for some religious elite, for a select few on the inside. It's for all. In fact, the amazing eyewitness testimony, particularly uh, of Luke, that's recorded in the Bible, time and time again shows us that God's message of peace comes to the most unlikely people, the outsiders, whether it was women in the ancient world who were seemed less than men, whether it was the poor, the tax collectors, the morally corrupt, the shepherds. It came to them to show that it was a message for all. But I think supremely, it came to them because they needed it. God's message of hope and peace comes to those who need it most. And in a moment, we'll see who are the people that fall into that category, those who need it most. Hint, hint, it's all of us. Um, but personally, I find it really easy to identify uh, with these shepherds. So for most of my life, a non-Christian, a religious outcast, you might say, living contrary to God's ways, morally unclean and certainly unable to attend jury duty, at least as a, as a witness, maybe as a, a convict. Um, but praise God for his unending mercy that his message came to one such as me, as it came to the shepherds. And what about you? I wonder if you can identify yourselves with the shepherds. Perhaps you find that a bit hard, actually. You don't seem like them at all. You're influential, well-educated, an all-round achiever, perhaps even moderately religious. See, externally, you've got it all together. But here's the question. What are you like internally at the dead of night? In your heart. You see, the God of the universe is not impressed by our outward appearance, by accolades or achievements. He's about as impressed with that as we are with our friends' curated social media accounts. We know they're fake. God's concerned with what goes on in the heart. 
in your heart, in my heart, our intentions, our desires, the things we set our heart after. You see, and it's from that vantage point that God sees that the moral status of all mankind, every single one of us, is that of a shepherd. On the bottom rung, an outcast, morally unclean. This means that nobody has it all together. We're all equal in that boat. We're all moral failures when we understand ourselves in the light of God's glorious and perfect standard. And that's what makes this message of peace so amazing. It's so breathtakingly unbelievable. It's such good news. It's the best news. And it came in the most unexpected way. We've been singing about that tonight. We've been reading about that tonight. It came in an unexpected way. Now, we all go around like Mr. Bear searching for peace. We try the different rooms of the world's philosophies, whether it's self-help, political activism, moralism, hedonism, all the isms. And each time, we will emerge disappointed. Maybe you've experienced that yourself. We come away disturbed and dissatisfied. And the question is, how then do we find long-lasting, forever, pervasive peace in our lives? What do we need to do? Or a better question, actually, is what did God do? God did this. He sent a baby. Probably not the answer, if you've never been in church before, probably not the answer that you were expecting. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I love babies. I've had three of them. My wife's had three of them. They're wonderful. We rejoice at them. They're very cute. Um, but how on earth does a baby solve the issue of the need for peace in the human heart and in this world? Well, there's something unique about this child, this one who was born. The angel tells us in Luke 2 that was read to us earlier, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This baby was the Messiah, which essentially means king. We've been reading about this. He was the long-awaited king that his people, Israel, were longing for. He was from, he was the stump of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. So he was foretold to be in this line of this great king, King David, but he would be a greater king. He was going to be the seed of the world that we read about in Genesis 22, the one who would bring blessing to all the nations on the earth. He was going to be the one who we read about in Isaiah 9, the one who was born to us, called the Prince of Peace. But the angel in Luke 2 called him something else. He says, a savior has been born to you, a savior, which means rescuer. And the question then is, what on earth are we to be rescued from? And this really gets to the heart of the needs of the shepherds and the need of us here today. In the first um, passage that we read this evening, uh, we started off with bad news. It's always good to start off with bad news. It makes the good news seem so much better. And it was the message in Genesis. And it talked about the curse that came into this world because of human rebellion. And it resulted in, in the division of all human relationships, the relationships between humans and their God. And it resulted ultimately in death. And the pervasiveness of this curse and this corruption is rooted deep within the human heart. 
and it corrupts even our desires and our intentions. And the Bible calls this sin. And it separates us from God. And it's ultimately why we do not experience peace on earth. You see, we're not at peace within ourselves and we're not at peace with one another because first and foremost, if you're not a Christian, you do not have peace with the creator God. That might be hard to hear, but sin separates us from God. But the good news of Christmas, the good news that we've been singing about and reading about today is that a way has been made. We can now have peace with God. What was it about this baby? This baby, the son of God, was born into a wooden, well, he was born, he was placed into a wooden manger. And he came then to live as a man and to die upon a wooden cross. This sinless son of God came to take the curse of sin upon himself, to free his people from the penalty and the power of sin. The author of life came as a baby, lived as a man to suffer and to die in the place for people like me and you. He then rose again on the third day, defeating death and defeating the tyranny of sin and ushering in peace and rest and forgiveness of sins for all that look to him, for all that will believe on his name that John 1.14 said. And that's the peace of Christmas. It's not the peace of just a kind of nebulous goodwill, a fluffy pillows and socks and a hot water bottle. It's not that kind of peace. It's more the kind of peace that you get post-war. A battle's been done. It's been fought on our behalf. The victor has won and now peace is ushered in. That's Christmas peace. That's the peace that the shepherds received. And do you know, it's a peace that will fill the whole earth. That has been the refrain that we have heard time and time again this evening. The last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, talks about a time when the great shepherd of the sheep will gather in all of his lambs, when peace, perfect peace, will cover the entire earth. We read about it in Isaiah 11, where the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. Then there will be perfect political peace. Why? Because the Prince of Peace will have this new creation, government, upon his shoulders. He'll be ruling. He'll be reigning. We'll then have perfect internal peace. Why? Because the curse of sin will be done away with forever. No anxiety, no division, all mourning and pain and death and sickness and cancer gone forever. And most of all, we'll have peace with God, the creator of all mankind, He will dwell with his people. The Lamb, Jesus, will be our light. It will be a world at peace internally, collectively, and most of all with our creator. That is peace at last. That's the peace that our hearts are searching for. That's the peace that has come at Christmas. What a joyful message. This should be a message that that resounds out to the whole earth. And it has, and it will, and it did. That's what the shepherds did when they found out. But the question is, who is this message for? Who is this peace for? Well, the angel tells us. Next slide. They said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace 
to those on whom his favor rests. Does his favor rest on you? Does his peace rest on you? How can you know? Well, you can do what the shepherds did. Two things. You can respond and you'll rejoice. You can respond by believing, investigating the truth that you've heard and believing in his name, in the one that was sent and then rejoicing and telling others. The shepherd's response, it wasn't indifference to the message. It was investigation. They went to Bethlehem to see this thing that had happened, which the Lord had told them about. And they found out it was true. And not only was it true, not only did they find this message to be true, they found the baby in a manger wrapped in cloths, but they found this message to be transformational. These social and moral outcasts came into contact with their Savior, and they were transformed forever. They went away glorifying and praising God because they had come to a knowledge of their Savior. They'd been born again. They came to find this message true, and it was a message that they rejoiced in for all their days. I want to plead with you. If this is your first time in church, if this is the first time you've heard this message, please, please, please do not walk away from this message. Do not walk away thinking, that was a nice carol service. Didn't understand what that guy said. (laughs) Please, don't walk away from this message. Walk towards it. Now, you obviously cannot go and visit the manger to see what the angels had said. The the boat has passed for that, I'm afraid. We're 2,000 years too late. But there are so many ways that you can investigate it. Here's just one. As you leave tonight, you'll be given one of these booklets if you want to take it. This is called, Is Christmas Unbelievable? And it's written by uh, a PhD graduate called Rebecca McLaughlin, a a skeptic at heart, someone who wants to naturally ask questions. And she asks four questions about the historicity of Jesus. Did, Did he live? Was he real? What about the gospel accounts? Can we trust what's in the Bible? A virgin birth? Surely not. This is for you. Please take it, investigate it, read it, believe it. You'll be given one of them on the way out. Alternatively, uh, you can come back in January, and we'll be doing a, a Hope Explored course over three Sundays in January. Um, this is where you'll get to come and investigate some more of the claims uh, of the eyewitness accounts in the Bible and find out a little bit more uh, about this Christian message of hope. Please do take one of those. Come, invite a friend. Our prayer for you and our prayer that we have been praying for you is that you would come to know this Prince of Peace who offers us everlasting life. He offers you rescue. He offers you peace unimaginable. All we need to do is look to him, trust him, open your heart to him. Why not do that today? Come and speak to me afterwards. I'd love to chat to you. Let me just pray as we close. Father in heaven, Thank you that you are the creator God. Thank you that you are full of mercy and goodness and kindness. Thank you that you demonstrated it so much by sending your son who willingly came to be born of a virgin, to live in obscurity, but in obedience to you and then die on a cross only to be raised again on the third day, defeating death and sin and now ushering in perfect peace To all those who will look to him, Lord, cause us to look to you. Those of us that know you, Lord, 
Help us to rest in the peace that you have given us in Jesus Christ. For those here that don't know you, Lord, open their hearts and their eyes to the wonder of this Christmas message. And may you pour out your blessing on us, we pray. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.